Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement, give hope, and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes, share inspiring stories and practical tips, our desire is to continue to serve you and new listeners. You can help us spread the word by subscribing to our podcast or leaving a review, or maybe you can share the podcast with others. Sarah, Carrie, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Hello, this is Amy Brown, and this month we've been talking about fear. I've been reflecting a lot about how fear has been my constant companion since I've been a little girl. Maybe you can relate. As kids, we're afraid of the dark and all kinds of little things that seem big. And then we go up and our fears get bigger. And then we became special needs moms. Our lives as special needs moms give us many opportunities to feel fear. And on the flip side, we do things every day that would terrify other people. Fear is a common emotion. We can all name things we're afraid of, but it can also creep in without us realizing it. And when fear creeps in, it can be pervasive and control so many areas of our life that we may not recognize. We all have big moments when we can armor up. We know the storm is coming like a hospital stay and we can prepare. And I'm not saying there's not fear in those moments, but I want to talk more about the fear, the small fears of everyday life living. Those kind of fears are like a constant slow drip that end up ruining our souls if we do not attend to it. I want to read a section of um, Henry Nouwen's book, Spiritual Formation, and here's what he says. The more people I come to know and the more I come to know people, the more I am overwhelmed by the negative power of fear. It seems that fear has invaded every part of our lives that we no longer know what a life without fear would feel like. Fear has penetrated our inner self so deeply that it controls, whether we're aware of it or not, most of our choices and decisions. Untamed fear can become a cruel tyrant who takes possession of us and forces us to live as hostages in the house of fear. I'm going to repeat that last line. Untamed fear can become a cruel tyrant who takes possession of us and forces us to live as hostages. Are you living in a house of fear? And another way to put this is, uh, are you being pushed by fear or led by love? And that's from Emily P. Freeman's The Next Right Thing. I have to admit that I am pushed by fear more times than not. So one of the questions I have today as as we spend the next few minutes talking about fear and recognizing those small fears in our life is what does it look like to be pushed by fear or how do you know when you are in a place of fear? All right. So I feel like for me, it takes me a while to realize that I'm being pushed by fear because it comes out in my emotions. I'm just reacting to situations. I'm biting everyone's heads off in my family. And just recently, my son had a couple doctor's appointments and both appointments on back-to-back days, I found myself just getting ready to cry. And it was just very odd because they weren't overly 
horrible appointments or there weren't there wasn't any news that was earth shattering. And I honestly felt super silly and just ridiculous. And but what I have learned in the last couple of years and even just in the last year is how to pay attention to my body and how to pay attention to my emotions because your body has memory and your limbic system has memory and and just to pay attention to my posture. And so I began to ask myself those questions like why why was I crying in these appointments? What was it about those situations? And I realized that it was fear. And I was I had a fear of making the wrong decisions, fears over some choices that we've had to make recently with our son. And so a lot of times it it comes out for me personally in those emotions and just I'm just overly sensitive about things and especially if I'm in situations where I might overly care about what that person thinks like these doctors then I'm you know I'm even more I have this heightened awareness and I am just being pushed by fear so that's just the way that I have been reacting recently to fear and what it what it looks like for me personally yeah I think for me it's it's the well, I get super crabby too. I think it must just be a thing. Um, I had a recent, <laughs> a recent bout where my husband had, um, I had heard him <laughs> saying, um, he's like, I just really wish I had my wife back. Um, he was telling me that I was a little bit over the top. Um, and fortunately, after 24 years of marriage, we can say that and I don't get crabbier all the time. But I think for me, whenever I'm being pushed by fear, I think for me, it's, I realize that I'm trying to push back. Um, I, I power through. And so I don't really allow myself to feel the fear at first. And so I just figure, okay, I'm going to power through and all the the messy emotions. And it's really, I break over something so small um, and something so mundane. So for me, I just feel like it's this spiral of emotions um, for me whenever I and being pushed by fear instead of love. Um, so I think when you tend to try to power through everything, it gets messier and it gets harder. Um, and like, well, maybe, maybe it's just for me, but I tend to create more problems whenever I try to do that or I collapse. I just finally get to the point where I figure I can't do anything anymore and I'm done. Um, so that's usually my breaking point is whenever I can fi- I figure out that I'm being pushed by fear too much. I, it makes me think of, yeah, for me, when the going gets tough, or even if it's not that tough, I get going. <laughs> so for me, it is overdoing, overthinking, trying to figure out a solution. I have a lot of fear of um, even if things are not that bad right now, like let's say I have to get an appointment for a kid and it's hard to get into a doctor and then all of a sudden I'll make it into a bigger thing like you said Sarah like oh what if that can't get in and what if this happens and what if that happens um and I think it's really important what you guys said that you know for our listeners to realize that when you're crying or angry or snappy at the lady at Starbucks um, and you've come from a situation that's really not that big of a deal what's operating under those feelings or operating operating in our bodies that we may not be recognizing um and we've said this before on the podcast, but I even think under the fear is probably grief, too. It's not just it's never just one emotion. Um, Parker Palmer has a book 
called A Hidden Wholeness. And there's a quote, and I'm going to misquote it, but he says something like, the reason that we overdo and try to find a solution quickly in moments of stress is because we're afraid of our heart being broken. And he goes on to say, and that's true, we're afraid of what we're going to hear at the doctor or what if we can't get the treatment we need or can't pay for the treatment or what if it doesn't help or what happens next year, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And so um, it comes out in that kind of behavior and we don't always recognize it. So I think uh, for our listeners, just recognizing it is the first step because we don't want to live in that house of fear. And often I find myself in that house of fear more, way more than I should be or want to be. So um, I want to uh, go back a little bit. I want to go back to um, Henry Nowen again. Um, he talks about the, what we're supposed to do to get out of the house of fear. Um, and, and before we do that, though, can we talk a little bit about the fear of the future um, that I think is unique to special needs parents? Because I think that also comes out in little ways that we're not realizing. I don't know if either one of you want to speak to that. We can speak to it in the rest of the questions, too. But um, I know that's very unique to us as special needs parents. I think fear of the future is just one of the hardest things because I know I know one of the ways too that I know I'm being pushed by fear is when I'm living in the land of what if you know what if this happens what if this happens and I think decision fatigue is real I feel like especially for special needs parents decision fatigue is real because you're just constantly having to make even sometimes what what are life impacting decisions and so i feel like you know i've been thinking about this lately i feel like one of the most common fears especially with parents who have kids that are going to need ongoing care for the rest of their lives and i know this isn't the case for all of our listeners but I think that we have this fear. There's two fears. There's fear of burdening siblings if there are siblings. And then there's the fear of what if my child outlives me and there's I'm not around to direct this fear. And I got to thinking about that, especially in regards to the siblings. And I have realized just in recent um, months that one of the things that one of the mistakes that I've made with my own children has been trying to protect them too much from their son's medical condition um, or from my special needs son's medical condition. I have tried so hard to make Toby's medical condition not become an inconvenience for the other kids that they have come to see it as an inconvenience. And I know, Sarah, you've talked a little bit this from a different perspective of just how like if you're constantly complaining about your child's care or complaining about how it inconveniences your life, well, everyone else is going to pick up on that attitude. And I think a lot of this whole idea that we should never burden the siblings, we should, you know, not burden family members with our child's care is actually an American Western culture thing. And and, you know, you see other cultures that, you know, they come around and they care for the aging parents. And I'm not saying that we don't do that in America. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that we should 
have caregiver burnout and all of these things, but I was listening to a podcast where Jess Ronnie, who we interviewed this summer, she was interviewing Jolene Philo, who we also interviewed this summer, but Jolene grew up with her father having multiple sclerosis. And Jess was really pressing into Jolene saying, well, didn't you resent that? And, you know, didn't that bother you? And Jolene said, no, it, it was just part of our lives. It was, it was part of, of what it was like to grow up. And she had to do some really hard things taking care of her father, you know, helping him use the restroom and just and different things. But I'm guessing that if I was reading between the lines in that situation that her her mom created just this community of care, if that makes sense, that it wasn't a burden, but it was a privilege. And so I think we do have to start changing our perspective over, you know, our siblings, if, if there are siblings. And again, I know there are single moms out there and I know there are families who really have no family whatsoever. And my heart goes out to you. And what I would say to you is just pray, pray for a friend, pray for that person that God can bring alongside to care for your child and just also know and trust that God, God knows, and he has this. So anyway, I know I talked a lot, but I've just really been convicted about this lately and just been processing a lot about just this attitude that our children are inconveniences and they're not, they're, they're blessings and caring for them is a blessing. I'm I'm glad that you brought up shell. I I feel like it's, we try to shelter our, the other siblings so much because they have so much to deal with and it can have the opposite effect Um, where I think that we can take their God-given role to be more empathetic, to learn how to care for others. I think that sometimes I I look at my oldest son and I, uh, who doesn't have special needs and I see how empathetic he is and I see how welcome he is, how inclusive he is. And I, think, would he have had that without? Maybe not, because we could have just gone through life worrying about what we were worrying about and not what we worry about now. Um, So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think fear of the future is just so, it's, I I think it's a reaction to try to protect yourself as well. Um, So for us, I I mean, I, I think anybody who knows about my son, he has a terminal disease. And so our fear of the future, the majority of it, everything takes a backseat to death. Um, and so, you know, you were talking about, you just have this heavy load to carry. And then I have this fear of how long am I going to have to carry that? Cause his is degenerative and my gosh, it's so hard now. What's it going to be like in six months and a year and five years. And then I start thinking, Oh my gosh, well, what happens whenever I don't have that heavy load to carry? That I don't want that either, and so you you kind of get into this fear spiral. I think when you're when you're thinking about the future, and I always have, whenever I get too far um, gone with my what ifs or the, it, it is so easy to fear, and I think that um, makes us good moms to to a point that we love our kids that much. So I don't want people to feel guilty if you fear that. That's and if you fear the fear, and then you fear the opposite of the fear, and it's like some big cyclical crazy train, um, and maybe that's just me, but I think one of the scriptures that I always I always keep in mind whenever I think about that is 
I have no control over the future, but God does. And I always think um, it's Luke 12, 7, and it's indeed the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And I think I have no clue how many hairs are on my child's head. And I wouldn't even remotely want to sit down and carry it to count them. I wouldn't even try. I don't even want to, but God does. And he not only does that for all of us, but he, you know, or my son, but he does that for all of us. And it reminds me that God cares more for him than I could ever comprehend. And he cares more for my child than I do. So if he cares that much about sparrows, then he's going to care enough to make sure that my son's taken care of, no matter what that future holds. Um, so that's usually where I think um, of the few, the fear is I always pull that scripture in to think, okay, God's got it under control and he cares so much about us. And I don't want to, we get so caught up in our daily lives thinking it is so hard. Nobody has our back that we forget that God does and that he's already ahead of us. And so if I keep that in mind, no matter how painful right now is, God's already there a minute from now, five minutes from now, five years from now. Um, I don't have to try to control the fear situation. I was going to say about um, the, the fear of what if. For the moms out there who have kids with invisible disabilities like attachment disorder, fetal alcohol, OCD, oppositional defiance, we could just keep naming. I think the fear there is, are they going to be okay in the future because you can't see their disability? And Pete, where I'm not going to be there to explain it. And there's a lot of relational issues. Um, if you can't have a relationship with people because people judge you by your behavior, you worry about that. I mean, I worry about straight up practical stuff like, are they going to be in trouble with the law? Are they going to be misunderstood if they are in trouble with the law? Are they going to make poor decisions because they can't make friends? Um, so that whole what if land, we need to just stay out of it because nothing good ever comes of the what if land, let me just say. Um, so it's so hard not to go there, but we already have, like you guys said, we already have so many daily decisions. Why would we start making decisions about something we have absolutely no control over? It's actually ridiculous, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. So for you moms out there, um, I understand that fear too of what's it going to be like in the future for them? Because it's already hard to get resources for children like this. What's it going to be as an adult? And I just, I, have a, I had a friend, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, that she would say, don't borrow trouble. And so don't borrow trouble about what's going to happen in the future um, because it doesn't serve us. And we have to say, even if we say it with, I believe, help me in my unbelief, like like the man in the Bible said, if we believe and say that and have plaques on our walls that say God is in control, then there's a time we need to stand in that in that land, not the what if land. And I want to go back to one thing Carrie said about siblings. You know, I have an almost, I can't believe he's going to be 29, like how that happened, but I have older kids. And who they are right now in your house are not who are not who they're going to be when they're 30. And so we can't take the kids we have now, the teens we have now, and go, oh, they're not going to be compassionate <laughs> when the kids are older because they grow. And you've laid down the tracks of compassion. And I, I agree to your point, Carrie, that we don't want to make it sound like a burden. But in our family, we've had some pretty significant relationship breaking behavior and yet I still have kids amazing adult kids that some aren't aren't ready to be in a relationship but some are ready to be in a limited relationship so I don't know what it's going to look like 20 years down the road 
But I know that God is still working on those kids as they grow into adult, just like he's working on us. So that would be my encouragement in that situation. We just, we can't judge what the 15-year-old in our house is doing is going to look like when he's 30. Um, so that's something to remember. So I want to I want to move out of that house of fear into the house of love. So I'm going to read now one again. He says, as Jesus travels with us in life, he teaches us how to return to the house of love. It is far from easy to grasp his teaching because we are driven to panic by looking at the impossible task, the high walls and the powerful waves and the heavy winds, the roaring storm. We keep saying, yes, yes, Jesus. But look, look at the storm. Jesus is a very patient teacher. He never stops telling us where to make our true home, what to look for, and how to live. Jesus invites us to live in his house of love. So, and like Emily says, are we being pushed by fear or led by love? So, how do we walk into the house of love? And what does that look like in our lives as we, um, first of all, recognize our fear? Um, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about that. So I think for me, when I'm being led by love, I am, first of all, just remembering who my child is as a person and not looking at all of their medical needs and how, you know, it's turned our lives upside down. And I think also it is that not borrowing trouble from tomorrow. So when I've experienced just some really paralyzing times of fear. I have had to just stop my racing thoughts and stop my worst case scenarios and go, okay, what is true about right now? What is true about today? Well, I know that today, you know, this is, this is going on. I know today that God says that he's in control and I mentioned this in my individual podcast, but I think sometimes we start to think and believe that somehow God runs out of compassion. God runs out of love. He runs out of mercy. He runs out of patience. Like in my essence, I felt the time that I was so paralyzed by fear that something was going to happen to Toby and he was going to die. It was actually not during a terrible medical situation. Yes, he was in the hospital and yes, it was slightly dangerous of a medical situation, but not as bad as we've been in. But honestly, what, what was causing the fear, what was pushing the fear was that I felt like we had exhausted God's healing power. And somehow this was going to be it because we had already been in the hospital like 50 something times. And just all of a sudden God was going to say, you know what? I'm done. I can't take this anymore. And so I think when we're being pushed by love, we're being pushed by the love of Christ and remembering who he truly is, not what our fearful minds have created God to be. Yeah, I think kind of piggybacking on that one, it's almost like we project our own flaws on God. I know there's only so much, if I'm at my breaking point and he's he knows all my thoughts and all my behaviors and everybody else's. He has to be done. <laughs> he has to be tired, but he doesn't, he doesn't get that way. And whenever I feel like I lead by love, I feel I lead by love, love most whenever I truly step back and trust God. And that is really difficult to do. And I would love, um, I just want to say I haven't mastered it and I probably never will. Um, I hope one day maybe I do, but 
I constantly feel that like, I'm like, okay, God, I give you my trouble. I give you my trouble. But then I'm peeking over his shoulder just to make sure he really still has it and he's doing something with it. Um, so I feel like sometimes I micromanage God. I, I give him my troubles, but I want to tell him exactly how I want him to handle it. And that's not leading by love. I'm not letting him lead me by love. So I can't lead by love if I'm not letting him lead me by love. And that is for me and my my personality, I think, is the hardest thing for me to do is just to chill out. I, it's so difficult. I feel like I, I'm at my best whenever I go a million miles an hour. But then on the flip side, I'm like I'm exhausted. Well, yeah, I'm exhausted because that's not sustainable. And so, yeah, again, I just I feel like I lead by love. I'm led by love whenever I let God do it <laughs> and stop trying to micromanage everything. I would say that since we've talked about fear being constant, I have to get down to like ground level practices to help me get into that house of love. Um, I can't think my way out of it sometimes. I have to get down, like Carrie said, you have to pay attention to your body. So for me, a couple things that help me um, reset how I'm thinking about my situation in the moment is first of all to name it. Um, I'm afraid of um, I'm afraid of this situation, and I'm acting angry, or I'm searching the internet hours on end to find the solution. <laughs> Whatever, I have to name it, and then another practice that, of course, the Bible. Of course, we're going to say the Bible, but um, sometimes I'm just going to say this. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I feel like I have to like dig into it and get things out of it. And sometimes just reading, letting the words wash over my brain on a really shallow level, in my mind, shallow level, because it's alive and active and working in us. We can't forget that. Reading the Psalms. And so when you say God's run out of his patience, you're like, wait, wait a minute. I just read the other day. And sometimes reading the Bible is just like, oh, it's another chore because I have to have an application from it and journal about it and all this stuff. But I'm just learning like that renews our mind. Even if you're listening to it um, or listening to music, that renews our mind. Um, I feel like I have to be so active, but the Holy Spirit is being active in those moments. And we can't forget that. And then my last one that I do, and you guys know this about me, I love being outside, is, is don't forget hope and be astounded by hope. And hope is that first tree that buds in the spring. There's a lot of outside, for me, being outside in nature I'm astounded sometimes at the beauty of it, and that gives me hope that God is got this. And we know he has it, but sometimes we need actual visual reminders of that um, as we move from fear to love. And like Sarah said, this is not a one and done. This is a lifetime practice. And we are um, brought along those waves by the Holy Spirit, by our loving God, and by Christ. But we need to just be able to place those fears um, on, on him. So as we close today, I just want to mention that we have a playlist. We put out every month. Um, the songs are curated to reflect the theme. And so if you would like to get the playlist with songs specifically helping us with fear, um, make sure that you go to our website and um, sign up for our newsletter. And we would love to, to send that to you. As I close, I'm going back to um, Henry Nowen. He's been my, my, our guide today. I'm going to close with a quote 
actually some scriptures he's put together, and then a prayer. Jesus says, make your home in me, and I make mine in you. Whoever remains in me, with me in them, bears fruit in plenty. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is continually inviting us to live in his house of love. And this prayer is from The Next Right Thing by Emily P. Freeman. Lord, unbound by time or place or gravity, you go ahead of us into an unknown future. You walk toward us with love in your eyes. You stand beside us when we find ourselves in unsure places. You sit next to us in silence and in joy. You watch behind us to protect our minds from regret. You live within us and lead from a quiet place. When you speak with gentleness, we won't ignore you. When you direct with nudges, we move with ease. When you declare your love for us, we refuse to squirm away. When you offer good gifts, we receive them with gratitude. When you delay the answers, we wait with hope. We resist the urge to sprint ahead in a hurry or lag behind in fear. Let us keep company with you at a walking pace, moving forward together one step at a time. Help us to know the difference between being pushed by fear and led by love. Thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking with us on this journey. Be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter at TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TakeHeartSpecialMoms. If you have any questions or comments, follow the links in the show notes. We love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening. Next week, we are having a special podcast episode where we answer all your questions. So be sure to tune in. Thank you.